Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. Talking everything sports. From the preps. The pass intercepted. Lincoln Cure has it, and there's nobody around. It's going to be a pick six for the sophomore Cure. 10-5, touchdown, Goodland. To the pros. Step back three for Key. Bang! He got it! What a shot! The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell, the Cowboy Corner Express, and the Farmer State Bank in Oakley. Stop what you're doing and listen. Jump pass. Touchdown. 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 Ben Sennett. Wildcats have the lead with a minute 39 to go in the third. So Hayes stays in the game on fourth and one. They give it to a receiver. It's Bell. He's wrapped up. Kenny. He's taken down. Kenny Logan with the play of the day. It's a tackle for loss, and KU will win this game. Play action. Back to throw. Wide open at a middle field pass. Caught. Touchdown. Thomas Fabone for the second straight week has found the end zone. Shadur takes a snap. Drops to throw. Scans. Throws over the middle. Mikey Harrison. Grant with the five. Hands hold. Touchdown. Touchdown, Colorado! Mikey, we like it! It's a strike of 18 yards, and the Buffaloes go on top, 41-35. Snap back to Mahomes, rolls to his right side. Now throws it for Kelsey, wide open in the end zone! Touchdown, Kansas City! Russell in the pocket, now bounces around, sets and throws the ball up in the air. It's going to be short. The ball deflected. The ball deflected and caught! Touchdown, Denver! Johnson! Oh my word! 50 yards! Good Gugamuga! And with that, we say good Monday morning, everybody. Glad you're back with us on the Morning Blitz. Broadcasting, of course, on 1025 U-Rock. Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, of course, also online and wksradio.net and the Rockingham app. Anyway, you take in the Morning Blitz. We appreciate you doing so, even you podcasters out there. Once again, if you miss any of the show or if you're one of those people that's like me when it comes to listening to radio shows, you just catch the podcast uh, because it just works into your schedule better. We appreciate you downloading and listening to the podcast any way you get your podcast. Happy Monday morning. Hope you had a great weekend, a beautiful weekend of weather out there. Hope you got to spend some of it outside and uh, got to also enjoy plenty of football as uh, football season in absolute full swing, a full, full weekend of you know, high school on Friday, college on Saturday, pros on Sunday. And guess we still have two more pro games tonight as we have a doubleheader of Monday Night Football. So, yes, a very good weekend. Uh, hopefully you had one as well uh, here this past weekend. Uh, right now, currently 56 degrees on our way to a high of 87. Going to be a warm couple of days, about three or four days of temperatures in the mid to maybe close to upper uh, 80s. Uh, but then we will cool down. It looks like getting close to Friday and stuff. Temperatures will get back down to what we were experiencing last week. But uh, as always, if you want to be part of the Morning Blitz, the best way to do so is through our text line, the number 785-899-2222. That's the number part of the Morning Blitz. And it is a Monday, and so that means that it is time for our weekend winners and losers. And if you've got winners and losers, hit us up once again on our text line. Let's get to it here on this Monday morning. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's winners 
Then there's losers. Which ones were which this past weekend? I want winners. Loser, you're a loser. It's the weekend's winners and losers on the Morning Blitz. You want to be a winner, be a winner. Going to start with the Shyland Cougar football team and other area football winners, but in particular the Shyland Cougars. Head coach Matt Walden and his Cougars take down Ashland uh, on Friday night in pretty dominant fashion. 62-32, the final score. Uh, the Cougars run away from the Blue Jays and improve to 3-0. Logan McCarty was phenomenal, 12 of 23 for 320-plus yards and four touchdowns with no interceptions. 156 of those yards going to Pablo Bermudez, 121 of those yards going to Brady Ketzner. And so those three, once again, we talked about it on Friday, said how you know Brady... Kretzner, Pablo Bermudez, and Logan McCarty may be the three best players in all of six-man football. And Ashland might have the best one through six players in football. But the top three apparently outweighed the top six uh, on Friday night with a dominant win there for Shylin. That was a big win. I mean, Ashland is a, a really good team. Now, I have to admit, and this is nothing against the, the opponent they played last week, but last week... Ashland had to come all the way to Golden Plains, and Golden Plains made that game look a little bit closer than maybe what it was supposed to be. So I give a lot of credit to that. Um, but you know, now they now they take on Ashland. I think it was on the road, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was. I think they were on the road in Ashland. That was that's a long bus trip to so to go all the way down there and to get a win and to come back home. Huge, huge Friday night for the Shyland Cougars. Huge Friday night for them. So they no doubt are a winner of the weekend as they get to 1-0 on the season. Some other uh, impressive showings uh, this past weekend. Uh, Quinter, how about taking down Dighton, handing them their second consecutive loss? Remember, Dighton had lost a regular season game in, golly, it's in almost a couple of years. But they've now lost back-to-back regular season games, first to Rollins County and now to Quinter, who won 42-12. to Pretty dominant defensive performance there from Quinter. Uh, great showing by them. Rollins County got a close win over Wallace County, 34-31. Buffs are 3-0. Wallace County drops to 1-2, and, and their two losses, they've lost by a combined five points. I mean, they are right there, are the, are the Cougars, or sorry, are the Wildcats of Wallace County. And uh, that's just, it's a little heartbreaking for them. But nonetheless, a uh, really good game there. Uh, some other interesting scores. Uh, Decatur Community topped St. Francis 20-14. to That gave Decatur Community their first win of the year. St. Francis still in, in search of that first win of the year. A tough night for Lance Barr and the Hoxie Indians as they lost in a battle of unbeatens to Wichita County 48-14. to Hoxie's a really good football team, folks. And when you get beat that badly by Wichita County, I think that or by an opponent, it doesn't matter who it is, but in this case, Wichita County, it proves how good that opponent is. And Wichita County might be looking at possibly a chance to go to back-to-back uh, in the state championship. We'll see. But that's the way it's kind of looking at this point in time. Uh, some other good results. Colby shut out Cimarron on the road, 26-0 to improve to 2-1. and Great start to the Ryan Mosier era. And honestly, great defensive performance by Colby. Um, once again, I think Cimarron's a little bit down this year, but nonetheless, you go on the road anywhere, it's a long road trip down to Cimarron, and to get a dominant win like that, it's a real feather in your cap uh, for the Colby Eagles. Uh, we'll get to Goodland, who get the, who got their first win of the season, coming back to defeat Lakin, 16-14. to uh, Some other results. The Oakley Plainsmen dropped to 0-3. They lost at Norton, 49-7. Been a tough start to the year for the Plainsmen. 
Uh, Wheatland Grinnell lost 56-8 to Reno County Homeschool. Golden Plains fell at Deerfield 51-39, and Weskin routed Western Plains Healy 54-6. Those are the results from high school football on Friday night. Back to the Goodland Cowboys, once again getting their win over Lake in 16-14. I admit, I mean, our, our good friend Connor Nickel saw it. He predicted it on this show that they were going to get a win. I just was looking at the the numbers and how had how the how things had played out through the first two weeks, and I thought, boy, it's going to be hard for the Cowboys to get a win if they cannot stop the run um, that Lake and Dad. And credit a lot to Jordan Mosier, the coaching staff, and the players. But Coach Mosier and the coaching staff decided to move some things around. They moved different guys into different positions. They moved some guys up from the secondary to the linebackers. They moved some guys from the defensive line into the secondary. They moved guys around, gave opportunities to other guys to step in and play. And the result of that was a more effective defensive effort, first and foremost. And offensively, you know, they moved a couple guys around on the offensive line. They kept a lot of the other pieces the same. But those little changes helped a little bit. It was just enough. But to me, the biggest thing was defensively. The Cowboys, you know, were giving up over 300 rushing yards per game through the first two contests. And going against a team that had ran for over 380 yards per game in their first two contests. And so for them to go out there, make these adjustments, and then to believe in the game plan and to execute it, to hold... Lake into 185 total yards unofficially. I mean, that's really, really good. That's total. And that includes, you know, a big, long 76-yard pass play. So they did a great job defensively, did Goodland on Friday night. A really good job. And I give, once again, a lot of credit to the coaches and the kids and stuff, making some changes, because what was work, what was happening in the first part of the two games of the year was not working for them. And they found a way to make it better against Lakin. You know, offensively, Cowboys want to be a running football team. They still struggle to do that. They found a little bit more success. I do give them that. But there's still work to be done in that department. They still have they have found ways to use their passing game to their advantage. They've been able to rack up the passing yards. Thanks to, once again, Lincoln Cure, who had another touchdown. I think he has 16 receptions, and of those 16, seven of them have gone for touchdowns at this point in time. But they're getting other play. You know, L.J. Purvis had a nice catch and run uh, in that game. You know, they're, they're, finding, they're, they're finding ways to make themselves competitive, and I give a lot of credit to the coaches and to the players uh, for being able to do that. Because in the first two games, I was just kind of like, my goodness, really, I can't stop anything. Can't really get anything going offensively besides, you know, long pass plays to Lincoln Cure. Other than that, how in the heck are they going to how are they going to find a way to win a game? Well, they go out and they make a few adjustments in the starting lineups on both sides of the ball, and those changes helped this week. Now, more changes might have to be made this week with who knows, possible injuries and what so. But hopefully the the biggest thing I took away from that game was that it was a win in week number three. And I think it's the earliest win in the now two and a third seasons of the Jordan Mosier era. It's the earliest win. And to me, that says you gives your guys a little bit of confidence. Instead of being possibly 0-5 or 0-6 before you get your first win, like, oh, gosh, the season's over. Now you have a win under your belt in week number three. It's got to give you some more confidence for sure going into this upcoming week, even though you've got Holcomb, which is a team you've had zero success against. 
And then you've got a Norton team that's very, very good the week after that, not to look too far down the road. I mean, the schedule is going to get tougher, no doubt about it. But you have confidence, and you should believe in yourself more after a win. And so give a lot of credit to the Goodland Cowboys. The 16-14, great defensive win. Did, just did enough on offense to get the Cowboys win number one and now one and two on the season. So I give them a bunch of credit there uh, in the high school football ranks. Let's continue on our weekend winners and losers. Uh, Hoxie Volleyball is another winner this weekend. Hoxie won the Dighton Volleyball invite. They went a perfect 5-0 and and actually did not drop a single set. They dominated at the Dighton Volleyball invite Saturday. Some other volleyball results. Goodland struggled at the Russell Tournament. They went just 1-3, their lone win coming against Stockton. Oakley also a rough showing at the Republic County Tournament. They went 1-4, their lone win coming against Lakeside. And Colby Community College Volleyball, they had their three-match their three match conference winning streak. They had it snapped. They lost down at Hutchinson on Saturday, three sets to one in high school volleyball. Other winners of the weekend, how about Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs? Not Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs, but Chris Jones. Chris Jones proved that he is worth every penny, every single penny. Chris Jones has proven that he is worth that. Chris Jones was so good uh, yesterday for the Kansas City Chiefs. He only might have had two tackles and one and a half sacks, but he had so many pressures on Trevor Lawrence in the Chiefs' 17-9 to win. He made that big of a difference. He really did. Now, Travis Kelsey came back. He had a touchdown catch. That helped as well. But the Chiefs' offense, once again, looked very much out of sorts. They had three turnovers in the first half, an interception by Mahomes, a couple of fumbles. It was not good looking. Um, and you were honestly thinking probably at halftime, if you're a Chiefs fan, are we going to drop to 0-2? I mean, are we going to stink our way up into 0-2 to begin this season? Kansas City found a way. And I think it was partially, and I think more than partially, over 50% credit goes to Chris Jones and his ability to disrupt Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville offense. So Chris Jones might have sat out for a while, might not be a Chief again next year, who knows. But I'll tell you what, he's going to be worth every penny that the Chiefs found on him for this year. Man, maybe because of that, the Chiefs have to find a way to get him his money for the coming years. I don't know. I think it's going to be very, very hard to do. But Chris Jones has proven that he is worth the money and worth the headaches in just one game. Chiefs get the win 17-19. Mahomes, 305, two touchdowns, one interception. They ran the ball decently well. Isaiah Pacheco had 70 yards rushing. That's a step in the right direction after Mahomes had to lead them in rushing against the Lions. And once again, it was it was it was interesting to see how there were, I think, eleven or twelve different wide receivers that made a catch for the Chiefs. Now, part of that had to do with them rotating guys in. It was hot, it was humid, and guys weren't used to playing in that kind of weather, so they were cycling guys through. But man, there's a lot of guys. I was going to count how many guys had multiple catches. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine guys had multiple catches, and 11 different receivers had a catch um, in in the game. And I don't I don't know about that honestly. I mean, if you don't, is it kind of one of those deals where if you don't have one, you have none? I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of the Chiefs wide receiver room, but if you're Patrick Mahomes, you'd like to have a couple of guys that you feel comfortable going to more time than one, more time than not. Or, you know, you know, maybe get about three, four guys. But looks like they're still trying to kind of find the right combination. And, and Mahomes is still trying to find his, uh, what's the word? Like his comfort with the certain wide receivers that he's throwing to. And that's something to watch as we go forth here. 
And, and there's some tough games coming up for the Kansas City Chiefs. Keep in mind, they've got a tough start to this season. They've got uh, the Bears, which I don't think will be much. But then they've got the Jets and the Vikings, which are very, uh, which is a good defense. Vikings have a solid offense. Broncos, Chargers, who are both 0-2, by the way. Uh, so, you know, they've, they've got some interesting games coming up here. I want to just see how Patrick Mahomes continues to build that chemistry with a new wide receiving core. Sky Moore got more involved. Led the team in, re- in receiving, but just want to see how that continues to pan out because I think it's going to be play a big part for the Chiefs. Continuing on weekend winners and losers, another winner of the weekend. How about the Royals and the Rockies? You know the season may be over for Kansas City and for Colorado, but they had really nice weekends. Both teams won their respected series. The Royals took two out of three from the Astros, despite losing Sunday seven to one. And the Rockies took three out of four from the Rockies. They also lost Sunday in a Coors Field special, 11-10. to 10. But still, the season's over. Pretty much you're just playing spoiler. And a good job there by the Royals and the Rockies as they win a couple of series. By the way, those two teams continue to play tonight as we are getting closer and closer to the end of the season. Uh, well, we got about two weeks left in this, uh, in this regular season for baseball. Uh, Rockies are on the road at the Padres tonight, 740 Mountain Time, first pitch on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State Wall. The Royals on AM 790 KXX will host the Guardians. That's an early first pitch time, by the way, of 1:10 Central, a little afternoon baseball there at the K. But once again, another winner of the weekend, the Royals and the Rockies, both taking weekend series over their respected opponents. On to our losers of the weekend. How about the Denver Broncos? And I feel bad for our Denver Bronco fans out there, but boy, that was a... Heartbreaking game. You hold an 18-point lead, and you end up blowing it to the Washington Commanders. You somehow find a way to get a field goal late and then get the ball back and get a Hail Mary to go your way at the goal line. And and then you cannot convert the two-point conversion to send the game into overtime. I mean, it has to sting. It has to sting if you are the... the, uh, the Denver Broncos. It absolutely has to sting. Russell Wilson, I thought looked pretty good, uh, especially in the first half. He looked good. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened in the second half. I have no idea. Did they just let their foot off the gas? Because in the first half they looked great. But good. Russell Wilson throws for three hundred eight and three touchdowns and a pick. But he also had to lead the team in rushing with fifty six yards. Not great. Got to have a little bit more rushing from your running backs. Can't have your once again in the NFL. If your quarterback leads you in rushing, it's not probably a good stat for you. I've said it before about the Chiefs. I'll say it about the Broncos. If your quarterback leads you in rushing, got to get better. Multiple people chiming in on the text line. Here's the th- yes, the 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 hail mary was great, and yes, was there probably pass interference at the end of this game right on the two point conversion play? Yeah, probably. But gosh, you're just in a spot where. The official does not want to blow his whistle. I mean, it has to be absolutely blatant. Pat, like tackling the guy before the ball gets even halfway there. They're not going to probably throw the flag, unfortunately. But, yeah, Denver, that's that's on them. I, I, I The commanders get the win, but that's on Denver. You hold an 18-point lead, you should be able to hold on to that sucker. Run the football, melt the clock, do some play action, get some first downs, keep the ball in your hands. You know, I don't give you no, if you don't score touchdowns, get some field goals. So, nonetheless, yeah, a very, very rough showing for the Denver Broncos, who lose 35-33. Um, some texters chiming in on the uh, on the Broncos. <laughs> Our good listener Michael says, 
another crappy season ahead. Uh, and Vance Joseph better get that D going. It stunk. <laughs> uh, the defense was not. It was good in the first half, wasn't it? Just second half. I don't know what happened. They just they completely let up. Um, but yeah, no doubt Denver choked and should have not come down to the last play, like listener Jared said. No doubt about that. Should have not come down to that. They should have had that win. And honestly, when I I was on the couch watching, I kind of dozed off for a little bit. I woke up and was like, "Good lord, this is quite a game." So my goodness, uh, once again, Denver Broncos a loser of the weekend. And and honestly, one more thing on the Denver Broncos, it's not a good look for Sean Payton. Not a good look for him. Remember, he's the guy who said that his team, you know, that 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 um, that the former coach there, Nathaniel Hackett, was a complete, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. He made all those comments about Nathaniel Hackett, and now it's a bad look for Sean Payton because you're you said all these things. And now your team is 0-2. And I think I read that this is the first time that the Broncos have lost back-to-back home games. Is that right? I don't know if that stat's correct, but I, I read that. Like, they had not lost back-to-back home games. It was like, they've, they've not done that before. I feel like that's a bad stat, but it, it's not a good look for Sean Payton in any way, shape, or form. Not a good look at all. You made all these comments, and now your team is 0-2 to begin the season, and it should at least be one and one, probably two and zero. Oh. Not a good look for Sean Payton. And our final loser of the weekend. How about regional college football teams? Besides Nebraska, which is a shocker. Nebraska actually looked decent on Saturday. They beat Northern Illinois, thirty-five to eleven. But Kansas State loses at the gun on a record sixty-one yard field goal from Harrison Mevis. Of the Missouri kicker, it's an SEC record 61-yard field goal at the gun. Kansas State loses. Colorado or KU barely gets by at Nevada. They were a four-touchdown favorite and only win by a score at Nevada. I I would guess part of that is once again, you can look at the point and say, well, geez, Kansas was such a favorite. They they came and thinking we don't have to do much to get the win. And on top of that, it was a 9.30 Central Time kickoff for the Jayhawks. And Colorado barely gets by Colorado State in what was a crazy game that I could not turn off. I was laying in bed watching it. I had to see the whole thing. But Colorado, favored by three and a half touchdowns, barely escapes Colorado State at home which I have so much more I could get into on the whole Colorado thing because this the amount of love for Deion Sanders is driving me nuts. Commercials, 60 minutes, game day, and and uh, Fox New, Big Noon kickoff all being there to talk about this. We have given enough love to the Colorado Buffaloes. We have done enough. They are a fine team. They are not an amazing team. They should have beaten Colorado State by multiple scores. They couldn't. They have played three teams that have found ways to hurt themselves. TCU not playing defense. Nebraska not having an offense. Because if Nebraska's offense showed up even half decent, it probably might have been a loss for Colorado. And then Colorado State, after the first overtime, should have gone for two and just won the game at the gun right there. Don't think Colorado's defense can't stop anything. And they're about to run into an Oregon team that I think they're going to struggle with. Because Oregon can stop teams and they can score. I, I hope Colorado Buffalo fans enjoyed the first three weeks of the season. It's been fun to watch. But from this point forward, it's going to be very difficult because you have one of the most difficult schedules 
in all of college football. But man, I am I am I'm I'm over the I'm over the primetime effect. I've seen enough of that. It's time to move on and find other stories in college football to cover. Well, and then I, I sorry, I, we have to get to break. I could go on about Dion in his post game press conference talking about how, you know, he said, you know, well, we got to the point in the game where I was just like, we can't let these guys win. We can't let these guys win. We don't. We, I don't want to hear this dang gone coach and Jay Norvell talk about it. They're here is post game press conference. I won't be able to stand it. Instead of saying, boy, it was a great game out there tonight. Uh, credit to Colorado State and their players. They played a great game. They have two Sunday guys at Colorado State, the Camaro defensive lineman and then the, the wide receiver, the Horton kid. They were great. And that quarterback, that uh, Fowler and Nicolosi kid, that guy's a retro freshman. He's darn good. Darn good. He was making great throws all night. Colorado's defense has really not had any answers for almost any team, including Nebraska, who fumbled it away or turned over four times. Colorado's defense is going to hit, run into some real buzz sauce, and Shadur Sanders is not going to be able to keep them going. So, credit them to get the win. But uh, it's and it was embarrassing to hear the ESPN call talk about how, oh, do you believe now or something like that? You were credited. You were supposed to win by three scores. It took you double overtime to win. Quit giving love where it is not deserved. Yes, they won the game. But don't act like as if it was a massive upset. You were favored by three scores and you had to take double overtime to get it done. Get off the Colorado bandwagon, America. They're a good program. They've done really good things. You don't have to keep on loving it up. They're just another team. And they're about to show that here in the coming weeks. All right, we're way past time. That's our weekend winners and losers. Once again, winners, Shyland Cougars and other area football winners, uh, Hoxie Volleyball, Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs, the Royals and Rockies are winners of the weekend, are losers, the uh, Denver Broncos and college football teams, uh, regional college football teams are for a rough, rough weekend. All right, let's get to a break. When we come back, we will visit with Ryan Gilbert of GoPowerCat.com. We'll talk more about the Wildcats' loss at Mizzou. At the gun on a record-breaking field goal and what went wrong for the Wildcats. That's next here on the Morning Blitz.